When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Group Text. My favorite things to come out of Philadelphia in no particular order are the Declaration of Independence, Philly Pretzels, and Jason Kelsey. Okay, let's let's just call it what it is. I've been a Philadelphia Eagles fan for as far back as I can remember. And my guests today, Sheena Joyce and Don Argot, are the producer and director of an amazing new documentary called Kelsey, which I watched twice this weekend. But that's another story about Jason Kelsey, the team's center, and is now streaming on Prime Video. The film follows Jason from his first Super Bowl win for the Eagles in 2018 all the way through the 2023 showdown between Jason and his younger brother, Travis, the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 57. Welcome, Sheena and Don, to group text. Okay. We're, we're, Sheena, where's your, where's your Eagles gear? You know what's so funny? When I walked my daughter to school this morning in the rain, of course I had my Eagles hoodie on because um, go birds. But I, it's hot in the house now, so I took it off. So yeah, I look a, unprepared. But it's a it's a Philly thing. Know that I repped, of course. And when you pass someone on the street in Philadelphia and they see Eagles go gear, birds. You, go birds. Yeah. It's go birds. It's, it's like saying, "Hey, how are you?" You know, or "Have a good day." It's 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 go birds. Go birds. I I get it. Are you guys from Philadelphia? How did your Eagles love start? <laughs> Great. Sheen, you start. Well, I'll start because I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm Where? a Delco. I'm a Delco. I'm like a mayor of East Town. I grew up in Delco and um and and was born into a bird's house. And um, you know, so much so that when the Eagles had training camp at Westchester University, um, my dad would take my cousin and I up so we could watch Randall Cunningham practice. That's I was about to say during the Randall Cunningham days. A hundred percent. Who should have known who eats shrimp the night before the Super Bowl? For those of you who don't know, look it up. Don, what about you? I, I grew, actually grew up in North Jersey, so but I, and my dad's a Jets fan. Yeah, we don't um, hold him oh, against I'm sorry. him. We still love him. Exactly. Well, it's a different division, so it's but I, I always hated the Giants. Uh, growing up in Jersey and uh, didn't really have a team. I like the Raiders because I like the colors when I was young and angsty. Um, now I'm just angsty, I'm not young anymore. But I moved to Philadelphia in 93 and uh, been here ever since. So ultimately, you know, through the early night, through like the 90s up until the 2000s, I really started to get into 
Eagles football in a big way. And yeah, it's, it's one of those things. If you live in Philadelphia, it's um, it's kind of like, you know, ubiquitous, you know, it's like, yeah, you're, you're like, you, you have to be a sports fan. You have to be an Eagles fan to really like appreciate all the city is like amazing for, you know, mostly you got sucked in like I did. So when yeah. you guys started filming the documentary, it was before the Kelsey bowl way before. Um, how did you pick Jason to be the star of your movie? How did, how did it come to be? Well, we were, we were fortunate because, you know, we've been making docs uh, for 20 years uh, we've been in Philadelphia for, as this was actually our 20th year in business. Our company 914 pictures turned 20 this year. We've done uh, a bunch of documentaries. Our first film was a film called rock school about a, a real life school of rock, which is based in Philadelphia. We did a film called the art of the steel, which is about the Barnes foundation, but everything else that we've done, you know, since then has really been outside of Philly. We basically have gone to where the stories are. Well, so, DeLorean, you did DeLorean. I mean, you guys have done some we've done a bunch of, thank you. Yeah, serious documentaries. Phil Spector uh, doc series on Showtime. So we we've done a, a bunch in you know all in all different genres of uh, documentary. I think, but ultimately we got the call uh, through a, a local Philadelphia uh, film person named Andy Greenblatt who knew that Jason and Connor Barwin and Larry Platt, who's a journalist in the city, were kind of like got, they got together because Jason had an idea of exploring retirement, you know, and doing a documentary about it to show like, you know, there hasn't really been any documentary that has been done in season as someone's transitioning out of the league. It's usually somebody who's already retired, like reflecting back on their career. So we thought this was an amazing opportunity to not just, you know, kind of tell, look, look at and do what Jason really wanted to do, which was like, play football for one, uh, you know, one last season, retire, and then what his life looked like after football. So we started making that film a season before we the season that we followed in the film. And of course, Jason didn't retire uh, and he decided to come back. Uh, and we were like, well, let's just keep shooting. Maybe this will be the last year, right? And then, of course, the year that we followed was the year he starts the podcast with his brother, plays his brother in the Super Bowl. His wife's nine months pregnant. I mean, from a Doc story standpoint, it was just like a story that just like, really, like all this stuff still like this is like the dream come true, you know, as a filmmaker. The only dream that didn't come true was they didn't win the Super Bowl. But as Don and I like to say, Rocky didn't win and Rocky won either. So let's see what happens this season. And maybe there will be a Kelsey, too. Let's hope. But you had to look at each other as filmmakers and pinch yourselves and say, talk about the right place at the right time with the right people, which is insane what went on. It's insane. It really is. It was bonkers. And since, go ahead, Doc. No, go ahead. I was going to say, since we had already been filming with with the family for a year before the the magical season started, we had earned their, their trust. So we had a lot of access and we had already had a lot of footage with Kylie and the girls and his parents, Donna and Ed and his brother, Travis. I mean, we had we had been shooting with everyone for a year. So by the time the Kelsey Bowl and that magical season started, we already had a great foundation from which to, to build from. Um but it really was lightning in a bottle. And from a fan's perspective, it was very hard to walk that line between filmmaker and fan, because first of all, it's Jason Kelsey. He's a goddamn hero and they need to put a statue of this man up, you know, somewhere in Philadelphia in in the next 20 years. Um, 
but you know, it was, it was magical from a fan's perspective. So it was a really exciting time. I mean, Don was at the Super Bowl sitting next to Kylie, who was nine months pregnant and, and, you know, could have delivered at any moment. So we had to have plans in place for that too. I want to talk about Kylie for a minute, because one of the things they always talk about on the podcast is how she wants nothing to do with it. How did you win? First of all, how tall is she? She's she's gotta be six six one six two. She's I think like she's my, about. I think she's just six feet. She's a tall girl. She's an an amazing athlete in her own. Those girls are gonna be ridiculous athletes because he's so big. That's why I wanted to ask. Yeah. How did you win her trust? Because she seems to be, um, the rudder in their lives, and 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 she's the one who was the gatekeeper. How did you, and she's not dumb, how did you convince, because she doesn't look like someone you, you would give her trust easily. She, she did not. I mean, uh, first off, when we started filming the original idea, um, she didn't want anything to do with it. She made that very clear, like out, out in the gate, like, yeah, Jason, go and do this. But like, I am not going to be a part of it. And then, you know we hear that stuff and we're always kind of like, yeah, totally. Yeah. She's not going to be a part of it. And then secretly we know that like the, to tell the true story of Jason and to, to really, you know, see what he's all about behind the scenes, you can't not have Kylie in it. So we had spent, as Sheena said, it was all about trust and timing. We got to spend, you know, almost a year getting to know the family the way that we make documentaries is very intimate. We don't go in with big crews. We don't go in with like a big production. It's And we, we always spend time with the people that we're working with ahead of picking up cameras because you want people to feel comfortable. You want people to feel like they know you and, and that, uh, that we're getting to know them within all that. And I think because, and also Sheena, um, I don't let her speak to this, but you know, she, they have a lot in common growing up, uh, I'll pass it over to you, Sheen. Well, I was going to say, I think it helps that Don and I are a couple. And so seeing our dynamic, you know, behind the, the scenes helped earn her trust that she could see us argue with each other all the time and give each other a hard time, just like she and Jason do. Um, she's a, a local girl, as I am. So we bonded over that. We both happened to be Irish dancers when we were young, <laughs> when we were little girls. Uh, so we've got we've got the like Delco Irish girl thing going on um, and we're we're both moms. So I think there was a, a comfort level and an ease there for those reasons. Um, but you still have to earn that trust. And, and the film is a million times better because Kylie's in it, because you're right, Melissa. She she is the rudder and she's also hysterically funny and an Eagles fan also. So to have that perspective was really fun. I listened to New Heights and I never understood the title. There's one shot or two shots of their high school where you see heights. And then on their jerseys, there's one shot you see heights. Please explain. So so the, from the, Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Cleveland Heights okay. Ohio is the is the area that they grew up in. So that's the show is named after that. New Heights. So it's New Jason Heights. Really liked, I don't think Jason liked the name when they came up with it. But now, um, they're, with it. <laughs> now they're stuck with it. Now they're stuck with it. Right. <laughs> but you just talked about Kylie being funny. That struck me too. The whole family 
is funny. And I know about coming from a funny family. Sure. <laughs> Did it take you a minute? Because people sometimes don't know when it's okay to laugh. Did it take you a minute to get into sort of their uh, comedic vibe, especially when the family was together? Because they do speak in shorthand, and you hear that all the time on the podcast. Yeah. I think uh, it's it's funny. I think for us, that's what we are, that we, I think, naturally gravitate to, that, that like, to kind of push through the artifice, like, right at the beginning. And I think, again, like, going back to why this was such a perfect mix is, you know, we, as Philadelphia-based filmmakers, you know, we've been doing this for over 20 years. Uh, we've had, we have a chip on our shoulder being from Philly. We're not in New York. We're not in L.A. And so, you know, even though I think our body of work speaks for itself, it, everything's been hard fought. Nothing's been easy. And we've, you know, when we've purposely kind of like made that choice for ourselves, you know, we could have certainly moved. We've talked about moved, moving to New York and LA numerous times throughout our career. But I think, you know, it got to a certain point, which is like, we really like it here. And like, why can't we make it here? And I think like that, that vibe is what we bring as filmmakers into any project that we do. And the fact that we we brought it into a project like this, which is like literally like could not have been a better fit because I think within Jason and Jason's story is so much of like how we are. And we've, we've had a battle through our career to get noticed, to get attention, even though we feel like, Hey, like we we're better filmmakers than so-and-so, but it's like, why are they getting all the attention? And we're not. And, you know, for us, it was, it, we don't complain. It's always about like, no, let's just work harder and let, let's put our head down and let's keep going. And, you know, I think it was a perfect marriage of, you know, what who Jason and Kylie are and the Kelsey family are. They're just real people. And I think we were able to capture who they truly are. And I think that's what, you know, in, in their dynamic of being funny and and Kylie rolling her eyes and, you know, like that, that just there, it's so perfect. And like, you see that and you're like, oh my God, we have to get this on camera because it's gold, you know? I was going to say as Philadelphia fans having a chip on our shoulder, as Don mentioned, we also all know someone that we can't watch a game with. And we, we bond over that. And the fact that Kylie's dad has to leave her house to watch games because no one, he gets so angry and so loud. No one can be in that house with him when he watches. We could all relate to that. And, and I, I'm afraid we're scarring our daughter because now when we watch games, she goes upstairs to watch by herself because it stresses her out too much to be around me and Don. But one of my favorite scenes in the film is when they're at the Super Bowl and Kylie's getting ready and doing her makeup and her dad, Ed, is just sitting on the edge of the bed, staring at her. And then we keep holding and keep holding and he looks at his watch and then looks at her and she's like, you've got to go. You've got to get out of here. You're stressing me out. It's that it's that vibe that we all grew up with and we all have that person in our family, too. What's really <laughs> interesting, what you just brought up about the chip on on the shoulder, by the way, everyone who went to Penn has a chip on their shoulder as well because we're right. sick of hearing we're not Harvard, Yale, or Princeton. So yep. I don't know if it's a Philly thing. Um, <laughs> if it's not just a Philly thing. It's a encompassing Philly thing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you brought that up, though, because Jason feeds off that chip on his shoulder and buying into the whole Philly psyche. Travis doesn't have that chip. Nope. Because he doesn't live in Philly. And I think... That's you, you really see that the difference between them. Yeah, it's true. Jason is very, se- not serious, but very, has a lot. I don't want to insult Travis Kelsey fans because he did carry my fantasy team last year. Um, <laughs> so, Got to be careful. Got to be careful. Jason, I feel like, has a deeper emotional depth. Yes. And I don't know if that's from being the older brother and in some ways the protector. What did you find in their dynamic that you didn't expect? I, I think that's, I think you nailed it. I think is he's, he has been the older brother. Um, I think he also just began again, because their dynamic is uh, what it is. You know, Jason plays a, a position where he, in, in any other city, no one would even know who he was. You know what I mean? A, a center, uh, you, you know, I, you'd be hard pressed to find a fit like people that know the center is for their team, like, a, you know, like general people, you know, certainly he, hardcore sports fans would know. But because Jason has, is not a uh, marquee kind of like flashy, you know, offensive line, you know, the, the person that gets all the attention is the quarterback, wide receivers and running backs. You know, when the play right. happens, that's where all the eyes are. So. It's 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 kind of by almost a little bit by design of their character is that, you know, uh, because Jason is more cerebral and probably, you know, and, and somebody who is older has got more wisdom because he's older, because he's coming to the tail end of his career. Travis is not there yet. Um, you know, I, they're, the positions that they play make them who they are. And I think who they are just as like two brothers you know, we've seen this a million times in siblings, you know, you have like the crazy older brother and, or the crazy younger brother and the, like the, the older brother that's holding it down or whatever that those dynamics are. Um, it is interesting that they, they, they still get along so well um, because they're so different, but I think what makes them the same is the thing that uh, I think everybody wants to find the secret sauce of is like, what, what did you do to these boys to make them so good that they want, you know, they got them to the Super Bowl, you know, more than once. And the, the, the reality is, I think the answer is if you support your kids, if you're there for them, if you believe in them, that's all they need, really. And I well, think they that, also need an abundance of talent. Well, sure. I support my son and I love him and I do all this, but he ain't going to the NFL. <laughs> but, it doesn't, but it doesn't matter he, what he might get into. He could be the best at, even if he's not going to the NFL. And I think that's the, there is no secret sauce. When, when you're a parent, you do the things that you do for your kids because you want their lives to be better than yours. And, you know, you're there to support and believe. And they, and I think they have, 
both inherently have that in their DNA. And the fact that Jason and Travis playing in the Super Bowl, talk about not having like archetypical, like, you know, the the younger brother that wants to beat the older. Like they were they they were pissed that they kind of had to play each other. They were bummed out because they knew that somebody was going to be a loser at the end and that nobody wanted to have to deal with that. And that's like that's what's so I think beautiful about the film is it's it's really not about like, oh, I've always wanted to beat my younger brother or my older. But, you know, it's not any of that stuff. And I think that's what makes the film part of which makes the film special. And you can see his parents are watching the Kansas City game and 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 they win. The first thing that Donna says is, oh, shit, <laughs> because she knows yeah. what's coming. But you just struck on something that I wanted to talk about. It's about family. It's not about football. Absolutely. Which I think is one is a reason even non-football fans should watch this because it really is about a family dynamic going even back to the parents. It wasn't a happy home. I think Donna and Ed did the best they could to make it a happy home, but it was clear to the boys that his parents weren't a couple in the sense that other parents are. They had a, almost a working relationship as rather than a, a husband and wife relationship. And they did stay together for the boys. Um, and they they don't like to say that it was a sacrifice, um, but I know it was hard on, on them individually um, to work through that. They would not like to say that, that it was a sacrifice, but it was clear it was, it was a challenge for them um, as individuals. And they still, you know, clearly work together to support their boys. They were both at Saturday Night Live when Travis hosted and, and Jason guested in those uh, couple of scenes. And, um, you know, they're just dedicated parents, but it was not without its challenges. You, you got something that I, I'm just trying not to, to, I have four pages of notes here. Not People, that I enjoyed I it. We got nothing going uh, on the rest of the day. <laughs> so you bring up Saturday Night Live. Um, it, it, it highlights the difference between the lives of the two brothers. You know, Travis is running around being Travis, Saturday Night Live, this, that, and the other, maybe dating Taylor Swift, the whole thing, which is hilarious. That I, I just wish I had seen those big hands making a little friendship bracelet. And then you have Jason at home, who you know looks at his daughters, first of all, the fact that he's a girl dad, and is thinking he's got to be making bracelets, but he's also going to have to learn how to braid hair. Mm-hmm. And it's a very funny dichotomy of the personalities. Absolutely. Which the the public responds to both in the sense of they see these two men as individuals, yet the most so much of their story, especially in the Super Bowl, was about the relationship. How did you keep the two not not let so much bleed between the two stories because it was an A story and a B story. Yeah. I I think you have to learn early on when you're making films like this, that, you know, who's your main character. You always have to be like, who, you know, who's our, like we weren't making, you know, the Travis story and the Jason story concurrently like that, you know, that would have been cool, but you know, we were focusing on solely on Jason. We didn't know Travis was going to be a part of this thing at all. Obviously, you know, the looking back, it was, you know, again, like the, the stars aligning is like the first shoot that we did of like the new season was in Sea Isle City. 
uh, when Jason's on the radio at WIP and then Travis comes in and they start talking about the Super Bowl. And like, again, that, that scene, like in retrospect makes all the sense in the world, but like that scene, if the things don't transpire the way that we thought the way that they did probably doesn't even make the film, you know, because so, so we had the makings of this the whole time really. And we just didn't know it until later in the season where the things started to crystallize and like, Oh my God, there's a chance that like, they're going to play each other in the Super Bowl. Oh my, like, can, do we have that story? And we're like, yeah, what we, the first shoot of the season was like them talking about wanting to go to the Super Bowl and play. And they weren't certainly weren't saying like, we'd love to play each other in the Super Bowl. They were just talking about like, what, what were the odds, honestly, of two brothers going to the Super Bowl in the one year that we decided to like follow this guy's career, you know, like you could have picked any other Eagle season other than like the one that they went to the Super Bowl and they would have, all those would have been a bust. You know, the season before this, had he, had he retired, they, they went nine and eight. You know, that would have been a crappy ending to a, a, a movie like this. So, yeah. you know, we were just so, so lucky. And, you know, that's that's just the beauty and the terror of making a documentary is that the unknown. Yeah. And another example is what if Travis had not missed his flight to his graduation, we wouldn't have gotten that great scene uh, when Jason is is trying to uh, start his non-GMO garden and Travis is giving him a hard time about that. Travis wasn't even supposed to be there that weekend, but he missed his flight to his, his college graduation, which his mother was finally going to see one of her boys in a cap and gown. Um, and so he just... But, tw- but I love that also that Jason says... 12 years, 12 years. Well, my, I love, I love that a tw- that you're Travis's, a 12th year senior. But Travis's response is perfect though. And says, I was a criminal justice major. You can't skate out in five years, Jason. <laughs> That's the best answer. <laughs> that five years. Right. So if, if Travis hadn't missed that flight, he wouldn't have decided to then fly to Philly and be with his family. And we wouldn't have gotten that great scene, which shows so much of their dynamic in, in those little moments. So the, the documentary gods really were smiling on us for this project. One of the little scenes that I don't know if everybody got what I got out of it is you go from Saturday Night Live to Jason taking out the garbage mm-hmm. and going to the hospital. And it's one of those little denouements that you see that you guys captured. And it, it, it just thinking about it threw me back into, there's also a fascinating moment where they're talking about being able to compartmentalize. And Travis is saying, oh, you can just focus and do this and do that. And you could see the thought bubble over Jason's head saying, good luck once you're a parent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I I love though Travis was really giving Jason advice. Yeah. <laughs> and and it it was such you know it it the documentary is filled with these lovely little touches that I don't yeah. think people expect. Yeah. Why why do you think it is and is it that humanity why did Jason become famous? Why did he become the heart of Philly? Because like you said in the beginning, people don't know, you know, the center. I, I, th- I think people more than anything, like 
gravitate towards honesty and authenticity stuff like that is a little bit in short supply sometimes and i think when you see it for real it it hits people it resonates especially in a town like philadelphia which is so no bullshit and people see through all that stuff very quickly um you can't fake it you can't fake it in philly you can't and not just philly but you know specifically talking about this like you they're they're the people that go in there and try to like you know, showboat them themselves through and like think that that's going to ingratiate themselves to a fan base. Like this fan base values people that work really hard, that believe that like care about what they do and that also love the city that loves them. Those are the three things I think that like every sports figure that has, that has made it in Philly, Bryce Harper, Jason Kelsey, Chase Utley. I mean, the list goes on, but these are people that are not from here that come into, into the city and get completely embraced. And when they embrace back, it's like, they'll never let go. Yeah. It's hard work and heart. And when you look at that Super Bowl um, parade speech that Jason gives and he's dressed like, like a mummer, which Explain is a- to people what a mummer is, because so many people, even my boyfriend was like, what is this? Why is he dressed like a character from Aladdin? It's super bonkers to describe, but it is a New Year's Day Philadelphia tradition that started, I don't know, a hundred and some years ago. Um, that is no lie. A group of blue collar, mostly guys. Mummers are a bunch of blue collar guys. A bunch of blue collar guys that get together um, and parade in spangles and feathers um, and and form a string band and play music and parade up Broad Street, Philadelphia's main drag. And it's not a gay pride parade. Um, They take it very, very seriously. They They work on it all year long. Like these costumes, like. They compete for prizes, and it's just this bizarre Philly New Year's Day tradition. Did Jason catch the attention of the Philly fans when he started with the Hungry Dogs Run Faster and wearing the German Shepherd mask? I think that season was just the the underdog season where we won the Super Bowl. Um, That speech, again, crystallizes this Jason being able to kind of be the voice of the city in that moment of saying like, no one believed in us. No one likes us, you know? And like, it was, it's that rallying cry that like, again, a city like Philadelphia is just like, yeah, I don't care. Don't like us. I don't want you to like us. You know, like they, that's, there's pride in that. Like there's pride. In like, you know, Go ahead. I don't care if you hate me because I hate you, you know? <laughs> so I think within that moment, I mean, that like, the fact that like that speech alone would be incredible, but the fact that he's wearing a mummer's outfit in it is so insane and so beautiful and so perfect. And again, his speech within that is so uh, perfect for the city that like, and, and at that moment, I think cemented his legacy and the the city's love for him that, you know, up until that moment, I think, you know, Jason was always a kind of a fan favorite, but within that moment, he kind of broke out and became a star, you know, and then obviously from that point forward, he's kind of built off that and uh, sexy and, Batman. Exactly. Like, he, <laughs> and, and that's the thing he like, you know, throughout the past couple of years, he's so comfortable being himself 
And I think like that's what makes people love him even that that much more. I think with the podcast, they were worried. And he says in the in in the doc, like, I don't know, like it was just one of the many things they were trying out to see if, you know, what what he was going to be into potentially post post uh, retirement. But um, I think one of the reasons it's so good is that because he's so himself, you know, he's, it's exactly him. He's not playing a part. He's not playing a role. It's like, that's who he is. And he's so comfortable being that. And I think the more that he is honest, the more people love him for it. You bring up the original uh, idea behind the documentary, which is following him into retirement. He talks a lot about, or not a lot, that he talks about CTE and how scary that is. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised that he addressed it? Yes. Yeah, I was. And and again, nothing in this film was like fabricated or like, oh, you know, let's, let's talk about CTE. That scene that um, that's in the film, we actually, um, after the DeMar Hamlin incident, I was like, hey, can we get together and maybe you and Connor talk about where you're at with the season? Um, you know, just get, just kind of, you know, you have to give some kind of like, you don't just show up like in the bushes and be like, Hey, something, something's going on over here. You know, there's some setup <laughs> that goes into it, but you know, we, uh, but that was all, it was like, it was more, I thought it was such a kind of pivotal moment in the NFL of someone that like looked very dire that they weren't going to make it. Um, and they're the, obviously the attention that that got, rattled a lot of players and i thought that I, we thought that that was actually going to be a storyline in the film and kind of address the demar hamlin thing um but uh, we, we didn't really need to because where the conversation went naturally was you know again jason being like as you said before like very like cerebral and you know very he's, he's very you know he thinks deeply about things and that was brought up like kind of unprompted and uh i was I was blown away by, by how honest he was. I mean, there's not many people that would admit to that, um, you know, because especially in this day and age in with uh, the internet, like everybody's got an opinion about everybody else's thoughts about something. It's just like, well, what do you care? You know what I mean? Like it's his life. That's how he wants to live it. And if he honestly says like, Hey, if when I turn a certain age, you know, I'm going to, you know, start losing all these, these things, you know, then I have to say that it was worth it. And and I think you have to live your life like that. Otherwise, you don't, you wouldn't do anything, you know, because there is no guarantee that, you know, you're going to have a long life and there is no guarantee that, you know, that by playing it safe, that everything's going to work out because of that, you know, you got to take chances, you got to take risks and it's his life to live. On a, let's, let, let's get onto a lighter note because that is one, there are some darker moments and that, that definitely stood out to me. We got a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of what actually goes on behind the scenes at Super Bowl. <laughs> and it was so fun being able to watch how they shoot all the player openings and all all those different kinds of things. I was shocked at how much time they take away from the players leading up to the big game. Yeah. It's basically they have two weeks before the game, but a week of that is really like doing all the press stuff and, and there's practice and stuff within there. But yeah, it is a, it's a whole lot of like, you know, distractions and like, you know, like you said, promo stuff, interviews, you know, media, like all that stuff, having to do that over and over again. And really like for these players, 
And for the fans, like you hope that they're working out. You hope that they're like preparing for the game. Of course they are, but yeah, you're right. It, it is a lot of distractions. There's a lot of like side, you know, side things happening. Uh, that and for too- a guy like Jason, that's so authentic and focused and hardworking doing those things uh, is hard for him because it does to him. It feels like a distraction. There's a moment in the film where he's standing up eating pizza and Wawa. Um, and he says he's getting texts from his parents about, Oh, I got to do this interview. I have to go talk to this journalist. And he's like, it's just the distraction is, is crazy. Um, I think a lot of other people are also surprised to learn that players have to buy their own tickets to the Super Bowl, And we get to see $50,000. And you're allowed to see, are they at least good seats? They were good seats. They're good. You know, but I love how real that moment is when Kylie talks about, are we really going to spend $4,000 for our daughter who isn't even going to sit in a seat to watch her dad play a game? And then she comes by in her little shopping cart with her baby doll inside and says, baby wants to go to the Super Bowl too. <laughs> <laughs> Donna became the star of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I would think that added so much pressure I hate to call them the boys because they're men mm-hmm. to that whole, it, it, it was about to all boil over and going back to compartmentalizing and Jason had to do it too. And again, the whole older brother thing, how did they get behind the scenes, handle all of this with their mom? I think, I think it was, you know, I think, like as they say in the in you know later in the film post Super Bowl, you know that was such an amazing moment for both of them because it's basically for them all of America getting to know how amazing their parents were and their parents getting to and Donna and you know Donna got all the attention but Ed was there too and you know uh, I think that was such a beautiful thing for them to share in that have that share experience to say like. Hey, like we can't root for each other in this moment, kind of, but we can root for our parents. We can root for our mom getting out there, getting all the attention that she deserves, you know, for all the work that she she's put in to, you know, get us where we we are. And obviously Ed Ed is doesn't I want Ed to get lost in that too. But you know, I think they uh that's how they not uh, I'm you know, I, I don't know this for sure, but I think that's one of the things that was like uh, a commonality thing that they had to kind of like, you know, root for together because they, again, they're not going to like, they're not going to be like, Oh, I hope Patrick Mahomes has a great game. Hope Jalen Hurts has a great, no, like they, they, they're still competitors. They, you know, at, at the end of the day, one, they both wanted to win that Super Bowl, No question. Uh, but you know, within that there's so much complication of like, yeah, well, somebody isn't going to win and what's that going to be? So it's either going to be you, Travis, and you're going to have to go, you know, uh, be upset or it's going to be you, Jason, and you're going to have to do But like they could both go, go look back on it and say like, amazing that mom and dad got the the attention that they deserved within this moment too. And I don't want to give everything away because we all, you know, have seen the scene, the the, the moment where Jason is crying in his mother's arms, but you show a very expanded version Yes. Which has some amazing moments of mother and son and brothers and birth order, the whole thing. I don't want to give that away. Um, Okay. So 
from my, one of the more shallow takeaways <laughs> for me. Okay. So is that you would date Travis, marry Jason, and I'm still working on figuring out who to kill, but that's a different thing. Um, <laughs> what, it, what is, what? A, Cowboys. Yeah. Just, and their defense <laughs> screwed me to last week, not this last week, but the week before in my fantasy team. I don't understand how the defense got more points than just anyway. Um, <laughs> it's neither here nor there, and it's a very upsetting topic. Um, what is, I mean, we all have to kind of go on the assumption that this is probably Jason's last season. I don't know. Where do you, you don't know. Where do you see him going? Is New Heights the focus? Is the, what is it, the the farm, the, the grazing <laughs> the 101? The the, yeah, the cattle raising. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, look, we started this two years ago thinking we were following Jason's last season, and he has decided not to retire twice. So I, I don't know what the end is going to be for Jason. And and I can tell you every time we thought this will be his last season, it wasn't. And I think from being behind the scenes, Jason didn't even know until moments before he made that decision, which way he was going to go. But as far as post-retirement, I don't see the cattle raising as being something that he's going to, to really do full time. <laughs> um, I know he will continue his organic gardening um, <laughs> with his dad and his brother, but I don't see that as his next career path either. Um, certainly with New Heights, um, he showed that he can be a media personality and and I think he would be an amazing broadcaster and I don't see him ever really getting out of football. So as just a, a Philadelphia in that kind of broadcaster role, um, I worry that that he might want to coach and then I don't think Kylie's going to get him at all. Um, and I would love for her and the girls for, for them to be able to get a little more of him when he does decide to hang up the cleats. Um, but I, I certainly see him being in the media after he retires. Yeah. I think Ky- my gut says Kylie's going to make the final decision. Likely. <laughs> Kylie's going to say, and scene. Well, you can see, you can see she's close to that in the film at several moments that she never wants to be the one to tell Jason, this is it. But there's certainly tension after she has, you know, their third daughter, Bennett, and she's got a newborn and he's going to SNL and he's missing, you know, his daughter Elliot's second birthday. And he's still running around with Travis. There's certainly tension there. Uh, and I know that that weighs heavily on Jason. What are you working on next? Not that there's life beyond this. No, no this doesn't stop for us. And I noticed, by the way, my nails are still green. I might uh, not have my Eagles gear on right now, but I do have my green Manny Petty. This my my troll lives on my night table during season, and then very often he goes. He lives in my closet sometimes, like on the island, and everyone makes fun of him but me. And I no, hold his perfect. little hands when we're in the red zone. Um, so what uh, is next? What is that? Well, you can't you can't say we're not diverse. So the, our next project is a Harry Hamlin cooking show. 
for <laughs> IFC channel. So we're doing <laughs> because why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a sharp left. We also have, sharp. but we also have um, a series coming out on Sundance Channel and AMC Plus called Thick Skin, where we followed for um larger bodied women as they fight to destigmatize obesity and and that's set in philadelphia too um yeah the that comes out on september 20th this has been such a joy for me you have no idea um kelsey is now streaming on prime video this has been a joy we should go back and look at all your work i am so jealous of you guys for having for getting to spend all this time um go birds thank you thank you for your kindness thank you for your interest in the film and go birds a hood at media production